once again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CIC Cast. I am Joel Cookson, thrilled to have everyone along with us once again as we dive into the world of high school sports in Connecticut. Lots of good things to get to this week. We're going to start turning our attention to some of the winter championships, which are coming up faster than you might imagine, as well as take a look at the Connecticut Battle of the Fans competition, where we are looking for the best student cheering section in the state of Connecticut. So we've got a few things on tap there. We're going to talk to Andy Freshour, who works for the Michigan State High School Athletic Association, which is where our Battle of the Fans idea uh, was created. The good folks at Michigan have had a similar program up and running for several years. We're going to talk to him about that program, we're going to talk to Jerry DeSimus uh, about a little Connecticut High School wrestling as that championship is coming up quickly. And then we're going to do a conference call podcast interview with Mary Albel and Matthew Conyers talking a little indoor track and field. So all of that on tap for you this week. We are glad to have you along with us. Hope you uh, are looking forward to all the good conversation we're going to have and hope everyone is surviving the cold and the snow and is ready for an exciting few weeks of winter championship action, which will be on us before you know it. So before we get to all of those interviews, all of our great guests, of course, we're going to take a look at things you might have missed at CIC Sports. First of all, we're talking about all of the winter championship action that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But recently on CICSports.com, all of the spring schedules were posted. So you can take a look, see where your teams, your favorite teams will be playing, who they'll be playing, when they'll be playing. All of the spring sports schedules now posted on CICSports.com. We got a new edition of Linked Up. That's always a fun read. That was posted last week, but always relevant and good to check out some of the great stories that are being told around the state of Connecticut and across the country in the world of high school sports. We encourage you to check that out. Mention that Battle of the Fans competition. If you're listening in, you're a student, and want to take part in that, you can go to CICSports.com and just search Battle of the Fans. You'll get all the information needed. Got to post a video, no more than three minutes, on YouTube, and then email the link to uh, someone in our CIAC office, and that will help you you uh, you will be submitted for the Battle of the Fans competition. We're looking for the schools that have the most spirit, but also demonstrate the most sportsmanship, the most creativity. Really want to see some videos that uh, encapsulate and capture all the great work that the student cheering sections around the state of Connecticut are doing. And of course, this time of year is as we talk, start looking ahead to tournaments and championships, take a look at the Tournament Central section of CICSports.com. Big link on the right side of the homepage goes to Tournament Central. That's where you can find rankings and pairings and results and schedules and everything else you might want, including, and I promote this all every year, but it's really the best way to keep track of the most up-to-date information. You can sign up for email or text alerts about your favorite sport or any sport of CIAC championships. So encourage folks to check that out. You go to Tournament Central. It's on the right side. Stay up to date on CIAC Tourney Info. You can sign up for text or email updates. You can also update your subscription if you're already doing that and want to add a few sports or subtract a few sports. Certainly, why? I don't know why you would want to subtract any sports from that list, but in the unlikely event that you do, we hope that you will take a look and check that out. Also on CICSports.com, just posted a little thing this past week 
thought you folks might enjoy. Just a little bit of a, a thought provoker, uh, or at least it was for me. It was National Signing Day for a lot of our high school's uh, athletes around the country and in Connecticut uh, this past week. And post today's a quote from Louisville men's basketball coach Rick Pitino just encouraging his students to really cherish the time that they were getting it as their their seasons concluded. So obviously uh, uh, particularly poignant maybe for a college athlete, but certainly relevant for high school athletes as well. So hope you'll check out that little story and uh, and think about and really enjoy these final few weeks of the regular season. This may be your last season playing high school sports and really take advantage and really soak up all of those memories and opportunities as they come to you in the few next few weeks. So that's just a look at a few of the things you might have missed on CICsports.com. As always, you can check us out there, CICsports.com. You can check us, follow us on Twitter at CICsports, Facebook.com slash CICsports. Those are the ways you can track what's going on with the CIAC. You can also email us, CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. That will get you a direct line to me if you want to have certain things that you can talk about here on the podcast be sure to send along a note that's the best way to reach me and we will uh, try to cover any topics that folks want or any guests that you might like us to have anything like that feel free to give us a shout and we will uh, certainly pay attention to that all of that said, those are things you might have missed. Of course, we always like to remind you our, from our good friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation, we hope you uh, press play on this podcast if you're listening to it on your phone, and then just put the phone away. Or if you've uh, downloaded it already or listening anywhere, remember when you get in your car, park that phone. It's as sending or receiving a text can take a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which driving at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. That's not a very good idea at all. So please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. So those savvy words from our good friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation, hope you take those that advice under consideration and really follow that. We don't need any kind of tragedies this time of year as we uh, start heading into the winter championships. But before we start a little championship talk, I mentioned the Connecticut Battle of the Fans, a program that we've started up this year looking to uh, get some great participation from some of the great student sections around the country. And I wanted to reach out to a man from a, another state association who's really was at the forefront of trying to bring this uh, movement to the uh, to the people. So wanted to get in touch with him and get his perspective on the Connecticut Battle of the Fans and what uh, students could do and some some give them some creative ideas as we head into this competition. Very happy to have on the phone with us now a uh, another first for our podcast. This is both his first po- podcast interview and also the first time we've had someone from a fellow uh, state high school association with us. Andy Freshour from the Michigan High School Athletic Association joins us. Joins us. Andy, thanks for being with us. Hey, it's uh, fun to be on here. I'm a podcast listener, so this is uh, fun to do, and I'm glad uh, we're able to visit. Absolutely, and really looking forward to to talking about something here that uh, is coming up for Connecticut high school fans. It is something that the uh, our friends at Michigan have been doing for a number of years, so kind of wanted to get their perspective on something that's been working well for them, uh, which is the Battle of the Fans, a, a program that, uh, as I said, Michigan started several years ago and that Connecticut is attempting to adopt this year. So wanted to, to touch base with Andy. Andy, who 
was one of the uh, the driving forces behind that program, and and kind of start off with, with just sort of a simple question and a basic question is what was the genesis of the uh, the Battle of the Fans program in Michigan? Well, we have a, a student advisory council here in uh, Michigan, and I was meeting with our kids, sixteen kids, juniors and seniors, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh, potential product uh, projects. And you know, they wanted to do something about sportsmanship, and uh, but they wanted it to be fun, and that's it's hard to do sportsmanship and fun all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, they just start talking about student cheering sections, and initially they had said, you know, hey, why don't why does the uh, the MHSA go out and film? student cheering sections on Friday nights, and then, then we can figure out what's good and bad. And, and I just thought that that sounded really daunting. <laughs> and so we, we, as a group, said, well, why don't we just have students film themselves and, and send it to us? And, and, and essentially, that's how the, the idea started. Someone threw out the name Battle of the Fans just kind of on a whim, and it stuck. And I think everyone at that one meeting kind of got the idea of what we wanted to do. We wanted to have uh, a competition but we also wanted to be a, a fun way to talk about sportsmanship and, and show the way kids are are being, um, you know, having some school spirit, but showing sportsmanship at the same time. How many years have uh, has has this has your program been uh, been functioning up and running? We are in year four, so we are currently in the middle of our um, our visits to our five finalist schools for the year, and so in a couple of weeks here, we will name our fourth. Uh, Battle of the Fans champion. All right, and what was sort of when you you talk about kind of at that that early you know early stages when you're sort of looking at it, and obviously you said the 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 idea was to sort of do sportsmanship and and promote sportsmanship in a fun way. Did you kind of map out specific goals and kind of things that you were definitely trying to address? How did you sort of frame the the project in that way? Well, we had I suppose we we. The goals we set, uh, we have far surpassed. So mm-hmm. This has turned into something that we didn't expect it was going to turn into in, in, in really a quite a positive way. way. When, you're, when you're essentially crowdsourcing uh, a, a, a program or a right. contest, you, you never know if the crowd is going to get behind it or if they're not. But yeah. quickly we realized once we put together the rules of the competition and we kind of laid the framework for what we we're looking for from schools, we realized that we were onto something, that schools are really interested in not only um, applying because they wanted a, ban- you know, a, a, a championship banner for being a great student section in the gym, but they loved watching other schools' videos. And that's mm-hmm. what we saw that first year when, when, when we had uh, these – YouTube, essentially three-minute YouTube applications, and they were getting viewed 50,000 times. We knew that we had, uh, we had hit onto something, and really it's only, it's only grown from there. It's, it's, um, it's now something that everyone in the state is, is looking forward to year after year, and when we go on our visits to, to see these schools, they, they know the history now. They, they, they've seen last year's Champions video, and so they uh, kind of know, um, they know what to expect. Right. Now, and something that uh, I know you and I have talked about a little bit, we've been in some meetings where we've discussed this program. How do you sort of work with your schools and, and your students to sort of understand or differentiate or, or sort of address maybe the differences kind of between, you know, spirit, which obviously, you know, can, can be expressed in a lot of ways, uh, you know, excitement and energy and that kind of thing, and, and creativity and also in sportsmanship. Is there sort of different components and how your your you know your schools are judged uh by the selection committee how do you sort of you know frame out that those sorts of different components that you're trying to hit uh in, yeah, in your sort of selection there's, um they certainly uh the, 
this is also a spirit competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, no, no joke. I mean, when we go into these gyms on a Friday night, um, the places are going crazy. The, the, all the kids are wearing the school colors. Um, they're chanting in unison. You know, they, the, the administrators talk about how the culture of the school has changed and, and, and everyone's getting along in the hallways. So absolutely there is a spirit component to this, and, and, there, and for this to work there really has to be a lot of spirit. Right. But when we're in the gym and we're, we're watching them in action, we are absolutely looking for um, sportsmanship. We're looking for, you know, when there's a bad call, are they booing or are they doing something else? When, when a kid misses a, you know, doesn't hit the rim on a three-pointer, are they yelling air ball or are they doing something else? When the opposing students uh, start uh, chanting, um, you know, at the other student section, what is the reaction of the kids we're watching? Right. So, you know, we are absolutely looking for that. And it's the point now where, you know, our, our schools that are in contention to win, um, when they watch other people's videos or when they are at other games, they notice, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, they're, they're, they're chanting at that other player instead of focusing on their own team, you know. Um, so just a bunch of little things that, um, that maybe we can't see in the application videos, but when we're on site, we can, we can, uh, we can easily see. Right, so it's sort of that uh, maybe the glossy, uh, glossy three-minute uh, video that comes to you doesn't tell the whole story, but the, the site visit is where you feel like you really get the, the real story of, of what that, that fan section is doing. There is absolutely no doubt. It's in a, not only in watching them in action once the ball is, you know, tipped, but we will go into that school uh, two hours ahead of time, and we'll meet with their student leaders, and we'll talk with them, and we'll talk to them about the history of their student section, and we'll talk to them about what they're going to do during the game, and talk to them about what their friends think about all this. And you can really um, see uh, what's authentic and what's not. And really what we find is these kids who are taking the time to be part of this They've got something pretty cool happening at their school, and it is very genuine. Um, but you know, you can also tell when um, when a, when a when a team or when a school uh, cheers for four quarters straight, and for those that you know make it through about a quarter and a half of some great energy, and then by halftime, everyone goes and gets candy, and you know half the people come back in the third quarter. Um, you can tell which schools are used to it, and it's real, and 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 where it's where it's not exactly. Right. Yeah. No. That's uh, certainly the you can you can frame a nice video, but uh, there there's got to be a little more substance kind of behind that, uh, or at least that's the you hope. know, and even the ones where where we might they they weren't an A plus. There is always a story there. There's mm-hmm. always something positive. Always, you know, maybe it's their kind of their first year with a group of kids that are like you know, have said, hey, we want to change the school in a way, and this is what we're doing. And, you know, maybe we're not perfect this year, but we're setting the groundwork for future years. So that in that way, we are at every single one of these trips that we make, um, we are definitely seeing uh, change at school. And we hope it's changes that, that continue on um, for the for the future. Yeah. Have you been, uh, a, a, you know, obviously, you, as you said, you know, anytime you sort of start a new project, you're never going to be, you know, quite sure how it's going to uh, to play out. Have you been surprised at sort of the, the level of success you've had? And, and I guess kind of as a maybe more complicated question, do you feel like you've been able to see, you know, concrete evidence in, in sort of some culture changes at at least, uh, you know, some of these participating schools? I don't think we could have imagined um, the success that we've had. Um, not only, you know, if you can look at it two ways, you know, we've been asked to, present this program, whether it be at uh, uh, programs like you and I have been to, with other state association people, or whether it's with, um, um, you know, national athletic directors conferences, people mm-hmm. want to know about the program. So right. in some respects, I think people are saying, hey, this is a fun way to talk about 
spirit and 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 leadership and sportsmanship. Oh, and there's a you know this great viral social media component to it. So that's one way that we measure. Hey, we must be doing something right here. But I, I tell you what, we've been into a, enough gyms now uh, with this to know that culture is really changing at schools. Uh, we've got 750 high schools here in the state, and so you know we know we can't affect all of them right away. Sure. And we just have to do a few at a time. But we've had some great success success well success stories. Um, and we were just in one Friday night. We were at Buchanan High School, which is in the southwest part of Michigan, right near a Notre Dame's campus in South Bend. And um, and their school has completely changed in the three years they've been doing this contest. It is a way of life now um, with how they um, behave at games and how that carries over into their school hallways and into their community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's pretty amazing to talk with their principal and their superintendent and their administrators. And so and they can say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is just it's a different place. And that's a it's a really uh, um, rewarding uh, feeling and rewarding conversation. Yeah. And I know it's certainly uh, certainly what has uh, has inspired many of your your peer uh state associations to try and adopt this in some form or another, or as I, uh, as I said on Twitter when we announced it, to just blatantly steal your, uh, your idea and, uh, and try to co-opt it here in Connecticut. So I guess how do you, you know, you're, you said now, I believe, year four uh, of this program, how do you kind of keep it moving forward for, for Michigan as you try to, to grow this program? Well, I get asked to speak quite often about sportsmanship or student leadership or different things like that, and, uh, and so oftentimes we talk about battle defense. And I'm able to show video. And, you know, you're speaking in a room of 100 or 500 kids. Once you start showing video, they, they just they stop what they're doing. Their, their eyes are no longer on their phones, and they're paying attention to the video we're showing. And we're showing them, you know, very positive interactions uh, with student bodies. And um, so what's great for us is every year we do this, we get more and more good video. We get, re- we get fresh video. So the next time I can go back to that same group of students uh, a year or two later and have completely new material uh, based on the visits we go to. And we're able to share, um, share lessons we've learned, because now we find that administrators and some students are saying, well, how can we do what that other school is doing? Right. And so we've talked to enough students uh, at this point where, you know, we've kind of put together a checklist of here are some things that you should be doing if you want to um, have uh, this kind of positive Friday night student sharing section that you've seen on the videos that we've shown. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's really uh, exciting, and, and I know, as I said, that uh, everyone I know in our association that's seen it and hopefully the fans that have checked it out uh, are, are appreciating the great work that you, you folks are doing and, and trying to, to work. You know, we don't have uh, quite that many schools, so I don't know what our, our participation is going to be like, but we're certainly hopeful. And uh, all of those listening in, our, our deadline for uh, our submissions is uh, February 13th. So uh, take a look at the uh, the CIAC webpage, uh, CIACsports.com, and look for Battle of the Fans. And we've got links to uh, to all the good stuff that Michigan is doing. So you can check out how uh, how some of the more experienced uh, Battle of the Fans participants have uh, have done things. So, Andy, we really uh, – no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Gonna, I was going to jump in real quick. You know, we've had a number of schools who have just done it for the first time or really haven't had student sections before. So even though we've done this for a few years, every year we get new schools involved. And so the way I figure is, is every school in Connecticut can be a first-time, you know, applicant, first-time participant – and uh, we found that when we talk to those kids, they have a ton of fun doing it. The administrators and administrators have a lot of fun um, at the schools. And so, yeah, I would encourage everyone to 
to uh, to get involved. It's a it's a fun program. We're happy everyone else is copying it. That means um, this this word is getting spread uh, all over the country. So which is, that's a that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. No. And uh, you know, there's no uh, you, you don't lose by submitting. There there's certainly no uh, there's no penalty. There's no uh, no judgment. Uh, just the more schools participating is is what we want to see. So Andy, exactly. we thank you uh, thank you very very much for joining us, talking a little bit about the success you've had with your program, and good luck with your uh, your selections coming up uh, in the coming weeks. I'm sure it will not be an easy choice for your uh, your student leaders and your staff to uh, to choose your your winner for this year. Oh, well, they're, they are looking forward to it, and good luck to you guys as well. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much to Andy Freshour for finding some time to chat with us about the Battle of the Fans in Michigan. It's really been a wonderful program that they've put together. Encourage anyone who's thinking about uh, putting together a submission video. We've got just about a week to uh, to get your submission videos in. I believe the deadline is Friday the 13th of February, so encourage folks to to do that. But if you want some great ideas, check out that Michigan uh, Battle of the Fans section. Their student sections there in that state have really embraced this project. And again, we want to rec- remember it's the spirit is important, sportsmanship even more important. We want s- to see fans that are behaving in a positive way or supporting their teams in a positive way. So just keep all that in mind as you prepare your submissions. And we're really looking forward to crowning a champion in the Battle of the Fans at Mohegan Sun is at the basketball championships. Speaking of championships, moving along now, we're going to reach out to someone who knows wrestling in the state of Connecticut better than just about anybody. He's going to give us some perspective on the upcoming CIAC wrestling championships. Very happy to be joined on the phone now by Jerry DeSimus. He is the founder and editor of Connecticut Wrestling Online, which if you are a wrestling fan in the state of Connecticut, it is a indispensable resource. It certainly is true for myself here in the state office. And uh, Jerry, we appreciate you uh, carving out a little time to talk a little Connecticut high school wrestling with us. Happy to be here, Joel. Very excited here as we start to uh, wind down the regular season. We're going to have uh, some conference championships coming up in the, the next uh, probably week or so, and then we're going to be turning our attention to the Floyd Little Athletic Center and some of the other uh, divisional championships around the state. So I wanted to check in with Jerry and see what's kind of been making news uh, in the sport of wrestling and, and what he's seeing as we head forward here. So first off, the one thing that, that struck me is, uh, as I kind of look through and as I've been following, you know, wrestling at least for a couple years here in the state of Connecticut is, uh, this past Monday that Xavier became the fourth team to be ranked number one in the state in the coaches poll this year, which seems like a little bit unusual, but maybe you can correct me. So can you talk a little bit about sort of the parody at least that we've seen at the, the top of the, the coaches poll this season? Well, Joel, you're, you're right. That is a little unusual, Four teams being number one, uh, I don't think that's happened since the uh, mid-1990s, if it, it did even happen then. Um, Danbury has had such a dominant run over the last uh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, kind of refreshing this year. You know, you, so Xavier went to the top. This is their first time in the regular season to be number one. They had done it once before at the end of the season in 2012. Right. Of course, Danbury's been number one a few times. Newtown is making their made their first appearance this year at number one, and so did Fairfield Ward. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, every team pretty much uh, gets bounced out of the spot. They get <laughs> the number one, they lose a match, they finish second in a tournament. Someone else takes their spot. So it's been a, an interesting year. And I think it'll be an interesting uh, Class Double L and uh, Class L tournament as well. Yeah, obviously those teams uh, are certainly going to, to get a chance to kind of prove themselves uh, as things move forward here. So if you kind of had to, you know, 
taking a look at the coaches' rankings and then maybe your own personal rankings, how would you sort of put the pecking order now or as it heads into the championship season? How would you kind of see things maybe shaken out? Um, the, these rank, these coaches' rankings are pretty good. Um, you know, I would lean toward uh, Danbury, to be honest with you, to be at number one because mm-hmm. they are just so uh, battle-tested. You know, they wrestle in tournaments in New Hampshire, Maine, in New York. Uh, they're always seeking the best uh, competition that they can find. Right. So they, they're always pretty tough. However, uh, Xavier, Newtown, Fairfield Ward, they're also taking a page from Danbury's book. They're also traveling out of state, uh, competing in tournaments around New England, which is why I think they're getting better as well. Um, so, But right now, if I had to choose, I'd probably say Danbury's number one. Uh, maybe Newtown second, Xavier third, Fairfield Ward fourth, uh, and then New Milford is right there in, in the fifth spot. Um, they're right there. And then, you know, number six is Wyndham, the best team in Class S at number six. So I think the coaches' rankings have been uh, pretty accurate this year. It seems to me that there's a, uh, there's a group of uh, 10 or 12 teams that are really good, and then there's a little gap, uh, and then there's some more teams as well. Yeah. So what? How is? What have you? You know, obviously we we mentioned the sort of parity. Uh, you know, for for lack of a better word, at the top with the four four number ones, which as you said uh, hasn't happened in quite some time. What do you think have sort of been some of the other stories or interesting developments that have uh, that have taken place during the regular season here this year? Um, I think the uh, the parity is a good one, and I think it's across the the state. You know, you're seeing some different teams um, starting to grow and starting to move up. Uh, Foreign of Milford has had a nice season. Um, they're doing very well. Uh, Avon is doing well. They've always been, traditionally been a strong program. They're, you know, they have 18 wins this year. You know, there's Farmington, there's Simsbury. Um, it, there's a good uh, mix of uh, talent across the state, and some of that might be from the fact that there's a lot of kids that do some off-season wrestling, mm-hmm. not just at Danbury anymore but at uh, many schools, which is uh, bringing some good wrestlers to many uh, schools around the state. What would you, uh, you know, we talk obviously about the teams. Who are some of the individuals that, uh, that fans can really look forward to seeing as we, uh, we head into the, the championship season? Who are some of the standouts that, uh, that you're really looking forward to seeing compete at the, uh, the state championship level? Well, there's some good tournaments. You know, you have the uh, class meets on uh, February 20th and, and uh, 21st. Uh, you know, double L in Trumbull, L in Bristol Central, the M meet is in Milford, and then the S meet is at Haddon Killingworth. The week after that, the 27th and 28th, you'll have the state open down in New Haven at the Floyd Little mm-hmm. uh, Athletic Center. Uh, some great wrestling will be there. You know, if you want to see some good wrestling at the state open or even the uh, divisional meets, uh, show up about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, watch some of the semifinal matches, and watch some of the uh, desperation that these kids use in those semifinal matches because yep. they want to get to that uh, championship match. Um, so that's good wrestling at that point. Some of those top kids, you know, it, uh, Suffield, uh, Suffield High School is in a co-op with uh, Windsor Locks in East Granby, and they have one of the best wrestlers in the state, uh, Karami Thomas. He's at 195 pounds. He's a defending New England champion, defending state open champion. Uh, a very quick uh, athlete, an uh, excellent wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, a senior at Danbury High School, Johnny Garcia, um, an All-American, a three-time All-American in the summer tournaments. Uh, he uh, won the state open last year. He was second in New England. He's been excellent. Um, 
a senior at Trumbull High School, Cross Canone. He's 132 pounds. Uh, last year, he had the unfortunate uh, challenge of being in the same weight class as Kevin Jack of Danbury, who was a uh, New England champion. Right. So Cross, Cross got a lot of seconds last year. <laughs> so I think this year he's looking to uh, claim some gold medals. And, you know, down in Newtown, they have a, an impressive sophomore, Anthony Falbo. Uh, last year, in his, as a freshman, won the state open, third in New England, 31-1. and one. And so this year, he hasn't lost yet. So <laughs> he'll be an, uh, a fascinating wrestler to watch. He's a, in, a sophomore. He's 170 pounds. So it's tough for some of these uh, young kids to, re- to be so good at uh, big weights. So that makes uh, Anthony's uh, performance so far even more impressive. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, Any uh, sort of surprises for you this year? Uh, you know, coming into the year, obviously people have a sense of how things might go, and then, you know, new wrestlers emerge, new teams emerge. Uh, have there been any surprises uh, for you this season, either in terms of individuals who have kind of come out of nowhere or maybe some teams that have uh, impressed you that maybe you weren't expecting? Well, you know, of individuals, the neat thing about wrestling is, um, no matter what kind of pundits or, or uh, what kind of uh, babble we talk about at the beginning of the season, the kids get the job done on the mat, and, they, yep. and that's the neat thing about wrestling. So in terms of surprises of the individuals, um, I, generally, I generally wait till the end of the season because you generally see what's going to happen. Sure. In terms of teams, though, um, I'm impressed with what Xavier has done. They lost a lot of kids last year, and they have continued to wrestle at a high level and stay in that top uh, – top five tier. Uh, again, Fairfield Board has done a nice job as well. Um, I guess maybe the surprise is that these guys continually, they don't drop back. They just continually grow and continue to challenge Danbury because, you know, Danbury doesn't step back either. You know, they don't rest on their laurels. They continue to push themselves. Right. And uh, it's hard to keep up with them. Yeah. So uh, these teams are doing a nice job of uh, keeping up with Danbury and, uh, challenging them and, and that's what's made this season kind of neat because people are challenging Danbury they're beating them you know Xavier got one on Danbury so it's been kind of fun yeah no it uh, as you say it certainly adds an, an element to it when it, it you know it's always nice you, you, you see a dominant team and that's that's fun in its own way but when you get a little bit of uh, that the team's kind of uh, testing themselves against each other and, and trying to improve and get to that level it's certainly a lot of fun and and hopefully will lead to an exciting championship season. Not to, uh, you know, I don't want to say definitive predictions from you for the championships, but what are what are just so, some sort of things that you're kind of looking forward to, I guess, uh, or hoping to see or think we might see at the uh, the divisional championships and then the Open coming up in, in just a few weeks? Well, to, to take some broad strokes um, in Class S, I, I believe that the favorite is Wyndham High School, mm-hmm. you know, 17-0. Um, they've won two in a row in Class S, and uh, I think they're the favorite to take a third. Uh, but I think they'll be challenged by Terryville and uh, Haddon Killingworth. Uh, in Class M, you know, Ledgerd uh, has won three in a row. Um, and I think, again, they're the favorite at this point. You know, they're 18-3. and three. They're, they're challenged uh, by the tough wrestling in the East, ECC. They're also challenging themselves wrestling in New Hampshire against Timberline and Mount Anthony. Mm-hmm. So they're a good team. Um, I think they'll be challenged by Milford, uh, by Foreign out of Milford. Um, Avon, I think, has a chance to contend. And, you know, Suffield uh, has had a good season as well. They may have an outside shot, but I think they'll uh, be in the mix in Class M. Class L and L, 
a lot of contenders. Right. Um, in Class uh, L, New Milford, you know, has won three of the last four championships. I think, you know, they're a contender in there they, because they've had just consistent hard wrestling teams the last few years. But, you know, they're going to be challenged. Middletown's had a good year. Farmington's had a good year. They're young, but they're talented. Um, of course, there's Fairfield Ward. Like we were saying before, they've continued to stay, uh, continue to wrestle at a high level. Mm-hmm. There's Bristol Eastern that continues to wrestle all the top ten teams. They can't quite get into the top five, but uh, they're wrestling uh, tough competition. And then, you know, when you get to double L, you know, you, you got Danbury, you have Xavier, you have Newtown, Simsbury, Trumbull, you know, five good teams, a lot of good wrestlers. Um, I think a lot of these divisional tur- tournaments will come down to um, every team has uh, some studs. Yeah. Some guys are going to finish first or second. But in a lot of tournaments, what makes the difference is those kids that uh, lose a match and uh, let's see how far they uh, wrestle back. Yep. Can they wrestle back to finish third? Can they get some pins or do they just give up? A lot of times it's those uh, kids that aren't on the medal stand that make the difference in a state championship or or third or fourth place fi- third or fourth place finish. Yeah, no that uh, and it definitely adds uh, as you said there's there's no, you know, just a, one loss does not eliminate you and you uh, you know, you really get that chance to to still impact the team standings, which I think is a lot of fun and and certainly adds a great element to the to the championship season. So we're looking forward to it and uh and Jerry DeSimus, we're looking forward to to seeing all the good work you do covering it. As I said, it's a the the CT Wrestling Online is an, an indispensable stop for any uh Connecticut wrestling fans and uh you do a great job over there and and hope you continue to do so and know you'll continue to do so through the championship season and we thank you very much for for uh dropping some knowledge with us uh today. Happy to chat with you and uh look forward to seeing all the fans out there on the map for some good wrestling and next few weeks absolutely thanks jerry thanks joel thanks so much to jerry DeSimus for getting in touch with us and talking a little connecticut wrestling he really does uh, just yeoman's work there with uh ct wrestling online and hope fans check that out if you are a fan of wrestling in the state of connecticut it is your one-stop shop uh has all the information he really works incredibly hard tracking down all of that stuff and keeping that site up to date and uh it's really a great resource for fans of the sport in Connecticut. Looking ahead now, coming up just as quickly to the championships as the wrestling is the indoor track and field championships. They will be the the first championships of the winter season. Divisional championships actually start on February 12th. That is uh, just this coming Thursday. So February 12th will be the Class S championships at the Floyd Little Athletic Center. Then you'll have the remaining divisional championships over the next few days, and then the Open Championship the following weekend. We wanted to reach out to some of our track and field folks that uh, cover the sports across the state of Connecticut, so we get in touch with Mary Albel and Matthew Conyers to talk a little indoor track and field. Uh, Doing a first here on our CIAC cast is our first conference call edition of a podcast interview, and I'm very happy to have my two track and field correspondents with me today. We've got Matthew Conyers from the Hartford Current and Mary Albo from the New Haven Register. They cover track and field just about as well as anybody at the scholastic level in the state, and we're very happy to have both of them with with us. Uh, Matt and Mary, thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks for having us on. Thanks a lot. 
This is going to be a lot of fun, I think, as we uh, we start gearing up, believe it or not, for the championship seasons that are uh, approaching very, very quickly. And uh, the indoor track championships, of course, at Floyd Little Athletic Center in New Haven coming up in just uh, a little over a week and a half now for the divisional championships. So I wanted to check in with uh, our correspondents here and get a sense for what's been making news in the, the world of track and field. So we'll sort of start out. Uh, kind of some basic thoughts here, and that is uh, as we head into the championship, and, and Matt, we'll start with you here. What are some of the teams, the interesting teams that you're going to be keeping an eye on as we head into the indoor championships in, in a little over a week or so? You know, it, they're kind of the same teams we expected at the start of the year. There was about a handful, at least from the northern area part of the state, that were going to kind of challenge for the state open, challenge for the class title, and it really hasn't changed too much. We've seen a couple different dimensions with some of the teams like Windsor's added some new players in for their uh, new runners in for their 4x4, 4x2 relay teams and and the same thing with Tom, they've toggled a little Tom girls but they've still kind of remained the main contenders so when you look at it from the northern half of the state you got to always start with Windsor they're one of the perennial powerhouses, they always seem to reload quickly, get new guys in it can replace the, the legends of the past, mm-hmm. and, and Bloomfield. Now, Bloomfield's a little bit down, but when you look at Class S, are they down enough not to compete for the Class S title? And I don't think they're that, that far down. I think they're still going to be in the mix. Same with the Bloomfield girls. At the State Open t- title, they're not going to be quite the same level they were the last couple of years. Um, but they're still up there, still deserving of conversation. So you got Windsor, you got Bloomfield. Uh, you got Talon girls who really are going to make a shot run, I think, this year at the state open title. Obviously, Wilbur Cross right now stands is still their favor coming in. You still got staples and it's going to generate attention. But I think if Talon works its roster the right way, uh, puts the athletes in the right event, uh, kind of configures the relays the right way, they could make a surprise run at it. We saw them take down Bloomfield. A lot of people in, in the CCC championship. A lot of people didn't expect Colin to come in there uh, and kind of steal the light, but they steal the limelight. But they came in with the, the kind of their bread and butter, the 32. Uh, they ran a really good sprint medley relay, and they were able to come from behind and, and win uh, the CCC championship their first ever. So their their team, I'm keeping a lot of eyes on. Windsor girls are always a team you got to focus in on at this time of year. Very good in the sprints. They've got some jumpers. They actually have a high jump that just came out of nowhere that uh, won the TCC championship. So keeping a look at them. But for the most part, the regulars, the teams you expect to be there, they're there once again. But the real team of focus right now for us this way is Colin. Can they really have that magical season and continue what they were able to do in the cross-country season for girls? I was going to say, it certainly uh, could build on uh, what was a, an impressive cross-country performance at the uh, the class championships. Mary, what about from your perspective? What are you seeing as some of the, the interesting teams to keep an eye on as we head into the championships? Um, just from my perspective, um, the Hill House boys are having a really, really great year. You know, they've always been strong last year. They struggled a little bit um, placing eighth at the SEC championships and at state. But, you know, they have the same group of guys back, and they've just posted stronger times. Um, you know, and I think they really could contend for the SEC title come tomorrow and make, um, you know, contend for a state title and state open, you know, you saw him battle at um, the SEC coaches meet against Windsor, you know, and that came down to the 4x4 relay, which was pretty exciting, you know. Um, but, again, you know, going back to the FCX, Danbury is always strong. Um, I think they've got a good shot to repeat tonight for the FCX title. Staples is always strong. Ridgefield, um, 
all those guys are loaded in the distances. So, again, um, going back to what Matt said, you know, I really liked I was at the CCC Championships, and the Tallinn girls really, really impressed me. It'll be interesting to see what they do when they get to that state level and compete against Wilbercross, which um, they lost two of their sprinters, but, you know, they've reloaded, and they still have those key players with Gabby Curtis in the hurdles, 300. They have strong relays. Danae Rivers can triple. She can do pretty much anything. Wherever they put her, she'll probably win. So mm-hmm. um, Cross is going to be dangerous as well as Staples, Ridgefield, Darianne. So it'll be really interesting, you know. Again, you know, the team doesn't have to play first. If you can average, you know, third place in a lot of events, you're going to win. You're going to win the meet. Right. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and a lot of, uh, you know, the, I, I think people maybe don't think of track and field as a sport where, you know, that it's a, he- uh, a lot of coaching that goes on. But the, as you both sort of said, the way you uh, deploy your athletes at some of these championship meets can certainly end up making a big difference uh, in terms of whether you're able to come away with those team titles. You, you mentioned a few, you know, performers, Mary, that uh, that looked, you know, that you're kind of focusing on as you head into the, the championships. What are some of the some of the other names for maybe some top individuals? Uh, whether or not their teams might win, but individuals who have had you know strong seasons thus far, and that you may be looking for some big things at the uh, the championships once we get there. For me, from the FCAC, I've really been impressed with Spencer Brown from Wilton. Um, he has a very strong mile time. You could see him go easily under 4:20, um, push 4:10 um, in the 1600, and he could come state open, state level, um, go for that state thousand record and Brad Henry wins record that he set in two thousand thirteen, which is I think two twenty five and change, but he's he's really come on strong. Um Wilton usually isn't the strongest team. They have um they're a little bit stronger this year and could surprise some people, but he's one of the names and then um Darianne obviously, you know, you have Alex Osberg in the distance and then his teammate Army Noonan, um, he's very strong in the thousand, sixteen hundred. Those are some names. My thanks to Mary and Matt, and my apologies. We had some technical difficulties that cut off the end of that conversation. We we did talk. Uh, Matt offered some some athletes that he had his eye on going into the championships. Uh, foremost among them is Mark Doily of Weaver, who has posted some of the best times in the state in the sprint events. Uh, he's certainly looking to see what he can do coming into the championship meets. There were many others, including several of the distance runners from Tolland, girls team, as he mentioned, a, a sl- little bit of a sleeper for him to contend for an open championship and the championships at the divisional level as well. And then both offered some interesting events to uh, to keep an eye on. Matt pointed out that the the boys' shot put competition this year is really, really shaping up to be an interesting one at the divisional and open championships. Several athletes posting uh, impressive results in that event this season as they look for the uh, state championships and possibly some state records in that event. And Mary looked at both the boys' pole vault, which also has some very deep competition and could see some athletes threaten a state record, as well as the girls' 1,000, which features a lot of prominent athletes who have posted impressive times throughout the season. So apologies again for losing the end of that conversation. We had some technical difficulties that could not be avoided there. So uh, appreciate Mary and Matt carving out some time and very uh, regretful that we lost all of their great uh, insight there at the end of that conversation. But as always, encourage you to check out their great work. Mary Albel at the New Haven Register and Game Time CT. Matthew Conyers, of course, with the Hartford Current. 
and the Hartford Current online. So, again, apologies for that uh, mistake, and we hope to have them back again real soon to, uh, to get their full insight into indoor track and field. That's going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. Thanks again to Andy Freshour, to Jerry DeSimus, and to Mary Abel and Matthew Conyers for their great insight. We uh, will be back again with you real soon as we really get into the heart of the winter championship season, probably uh, again in two weeks, maybe even get onto a weekly schedule here as we get into the heart of the championships, but certainly within uh, continuing our every other week schedule for the CIAC cast. So we'll be back again with you then. As always, CIACsports.com. Check out Tournament Central. Check out all the great content being produced on the website. Spring schedules have been posted, as I mentioned. Lots of great stuff there for fans of the CIAC. Again, on Twitter, at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. You can send us emails, CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. Lots of C's in that one. And all the other great ways that you can subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If it's something that you uh, you want to make sure you get every time we post a new edition, you can subscribe at iTunes. That link is on the website as well. So thank you once again for being with us. I'm Joel Cookson. We hope to have you back with us again next time for another edition of the CIAC Cast. <laughs>